Transform Church presents a life-giving message to encourage you to live your life in the power and grace of Jesus Christ. We believe this message will challenge and empower you to walk in faith and courage. Now let's get into the Word. So let's open up our Bibles. We're going to read a few scriptures uh, and then we'll get into the Word this morning. So let's go over to... Proverbs 29 and Hosea chapter 4. I'll forgive you if you can't find Hosea, but you really should. All right, Proverbs 29 verse 18. This is quite a familiar and well-known scripture. It says this, Where there is no vision, the people perish. So, where there's no vision, people die. That's what it says. Death is a result of no vision. Or death results in a visionless future. Then you go to Hosea, chapter number 4, verse 6. And it says this as well. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Strong words, yes? But the key thing that we want to focus on is my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And that's exactly what we're talking about. So let's pray. Let's bow our heads and give it all to God this morning. Father, Lord God, we honor you and we bless you. We praise you and we worship you. You are our God and we are your people. Father, Lord God, it's you who guides us and instructs us. It is you who empowers us to live life to the fullest. And so, Lord God, we don't want to come here complacent, but we want to become supercharged with the Spirit of God, that we have free course and free reign in the purpose that you've called us to. We're no accident. We're not a coincidence, but we are defined and destined by you, Father, Lord God, to impact this world, that when we leave this place, that people will testify to say that there was a man, there was a woman that really stood and gave their life to God. So Lord, we come to honor you and to bless you. We ask you to pour out your favor and your anointing over our lives that we might be blessed, empowered, and filled up with your presence as we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you put your hands together and give them some praise? Amen. You know, Hosea and Proverbs really define our purpose or lack of purpose thereof. And he says here, Hosea, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. And I really want to set a precedent from last week and continue on there. Because we talked about the purpose of our life. And most of us go through life not really understanding what our purpose is. We just go through life doing things and and participating in things, but not really comprehending why we are on this planet. We arrived here on purpose. God fashioned us for a purpose. We're not here by accident, but we have divine destiny placed on the inside. It's on our very DNA. Right? And then, where there's no purpose or vision, people die. So, no vision, no knowledge is a lack of progress. No vision, no knowledge results in death. And just breathing is not living. Do you understand? Breathing 
is not living. That's existence. Living is to live a life full of success and abundance for the purpose that God had called you. It is doing more than just going to work every day, participating in everything. And you know, we all have things to do. We all have bills to pay. We all have, you know, mortgages. And we all have all of these other things that come in continuously in our lives. And the important thing that we need to realize is that God has created us for significance. We are significant. Every single one of us. The struggle in most of our lives is that we have the routine of our lives that we have to go through. Programs, procedures, jobs, you know, doing things that we have to do. But how do we marry that with significance? Because we are significant. But the routine of everyday life pulls us out of significance and just makes us to be just another routine. You know, a person going to work, getting up at 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock or 6 o'clock, getting on the train, getting on the car, driving to work, doing your job, coming home, cooking dinner, watching TV, going to bed, getting up again and doing the same thing over. Is that the completeness of our life? How do we find significance in routine? How do we find significance or how do we fulfill the calling of God on our life when we have to do what we have to do? And I believe that every single one of us here strives for significance. Everyone wants to be noticed. Everyone wants attention. Everyone wants to know that they're worth something. You're not worthless. You are worth something. God has a purpose on your life. And more than that, you know that you were created on the deep down inside of your very spirit. You know that you were created for something special. And you also understand when you're not fulfilling that something special, you get so uncomfortable. You know, you're worried about situations. You're, you're concerned about how you can be significant, how you can contribute to the calling of your life. And so we struggle with this every day. We struggle with doing the routine and struggling to being significant. And so what I want to really challenge us this morning is that we are all called to be significant and we can accomplish that in the routine of our life. We are able to do what God has called us to do in spite of what we have to do. Because God is not an ignorant God. He knows that we have to do what we have to do. But that doesn't diminish His purpose in your life. That doesn't take away the calling of God on your life. That doesn't remove you as being important to Him because you have to go to work. But it's important to realize that number one, God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. And He brings it to pass, not instantly, but gradually. So Proverbs 16.9 says this, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So you can plan your way, but God ultimately directs your steps. Notice if you will, it says steps. It doesn't say jogging. It doesn't say running. It doesn't say, you know, a hundred meter dash. It says steps. And a step means you take one step after the other. Which means God is invested in your life and He's taking you on a gradual journey to accomplish your purpose. He's not forgotten that you exist. He's not void or lack of understanding that you have to go through the details of your life. He understands that. But in routine, God is working out your purpose. Isn't that amazing? 
I think that's significant because I realize that no matter what I go through, God is still controlling the things that will outcome in my life. He has a purpose for me. That yes, I have to go to my job. Yes, I have to do this. Yes, I have to take care of my kids. Yes, I have to drive them to, to you know, soccer, whatever. But in all of that routine, God is still shaping my life. He is ordering my steps. He's not left me on a shelf somewhere to come, to come back to later in the week. You know, all right, I'll take you off the shelf and I'll make work on you now. And then, okay, it's Monday. I'll put you back on the shelf and I'll come back to you next week. No, God is continually, constantly working through in our life. And he's doing this for every single one of us. There's no rush in God's plan. We might be in a rush. And we live in a society that is pre-programmed to have something instantly. We have instant noodles. We have instant food. We have instant bank accounts. You can get it from anywhere. And now apparently you, can, you don't even need a bank machine to type in a thing. You can just put it on your phone, go into the bank machine and get out money. Amazing society. Everything is instant. We don't want to wait for anything. But see, waiting... Builds character. Waiting builds character. And God is not just interested in your accompanying destiny. He's also interested in your character. Because when he puts you into destiny, if you have no character, you will fall. And he doesn't build you up into something great just to see you fall down. He invests in your life. That as you walk the journey of life, when you get to your place or destination or your destiny, you've already developed the character for greatness. So God is invested in your life. Moses, that we talked about last week. If God came to Moses when he was a prince in Egypt and said to you, Moses, I'm going to take you and make you a deliverer of men. But before that, I'm going to take you into the wilderness for 40 years and treat you like a shepherd. Throw you out in the middle of the back end of the wilderness. You're going to be with the sheep. You're not going to have any money. You're not going to have any royal servants. You're not going to want anyone at your beck and call taking care of everything for you. But you'll be great. Do you think Moses would put his hand up and say, yes, Lord. I'm sitting in a palace here with royal servants and and my food is brought to me and my clothes are brought to me and they dress me and do everything for me. I'm going to take that destiny? No, you wouldn't. Because, see, the reality is this, that when God gives us vision, very rarely will he tell us how that vision will come to pass. Because oftentimes, that vision takes time. And that vision has to develop character. And character is not developed overnight. And character is not developed instantly. It's through the process of life that we develop character. So, when we get a vision from God, another thing happens. We often feel disqualified. Because the vision that God shows us seems to be so great and so, you know, awesome And it seems to be unattainable because how do I achieve the great thing that God has just shown me when I just feel so inadequate? When I don't feel like I'm up to the job? 
When I feel like I'm not capable, you look at, you know, Joseph and you look at Gideon and you look at Joshua. Gideon, for example, he was just a little frightened little boy. And God said, I'm calling you up, you know. And he says, no, 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 God. Really, I don't see the great things that you're doing. Why can't you show me the great things that you did with our ancestors? But I'm just going to hide out here in the threshing floor. I'm going to hide out here because I don't think I'm capable of leading people to battle the enemy or take victory or any of these things. You come to Joshua and Joshua is there. He was content just to follow Moses. He was Moses' minister, which means that he served Moses. So Moses was the leader. He was the one that followed whatever Moses told him. So if you said, Joshua, I want you to do this, Joshua would go out and do it because that's what his job was. He followed Moses. And so Moses got the vision. Moses got the direction. Moses had the responsibility. Moses had the calling. And he was just content to just follow in the footsteps of this godly man. But then something happened. Moses died. And Joshua was fear-stricken because now who does he follow? He was content with doing it with Moses, but now there's no one there. And he's scared, and he's frightened, and he's hesitant, and he doesn't know what to do. But see, the years he spent learning from Moses was just his preparation for his leadership. And he didn't realize that God had placed him there because he wanted him to learn how it was to lead. He wasn't ready yet. But there came a time just before they crossed into Jordan that it was time for Joshua. This was Joshua's destiny. This was a Joshua generation. Because you see, the people that came out of Egypt were not the same people that crossed into the promised land. Do you know, Do you know that? They died off because of their faithlessness. And this was a new generation. This was a Joshua generation. This was a generation that learned how to grow up in the wilderness. This was a generation that walked through death places and wilderness places. And they had to come to a point that they were going to be led into destiny. And Joshua was the one that was going to lead them through. But Joshua was not confident of the vision that God had given him. Because he didn't see it in himself. So God had to speak his future into his present. And said, Joshua, you are a mighty man of God. You are a mighty man of valor. That's who you are. See, when God calls us and shows us this great vision, we're not prepared for it. We don't see significance in ourselves. But God says, you're a mighty man of God. You're a mighty woman of God. You are well capable. Trust me, and I'm going to show you, show you where you're going to end up. That's called faith. We need to trust God That what he says he will do, he will do. His vision for us is not arbitrary. It is not come now, go later vision. It's a consistent vision. The Bible says that when the Lord speaks a word, it shall not return void. It will always accomplish what he sent it out to do. Which means when God has given you a vision, when God has given you a purpose, that purpose remains consistently right through your life. He doesn't change it halfway through. He doesn't say, well, I've called you to be a mighty man. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I handed out the wrong assignment. I think it was supposed to be for you. Sorry, you're not really anything. No. God has significance for your life. Every single one of you has a divine purpose and assignment from God. And he's invested in seeing that come to pass in your life. And he's working consistently and constantly to accomplish that purpose. 
See, oftentimes, vision and purpose are at odds with destiny. The reason I say that is this. Because our present always seems to define our future through our own eyes. Because we look into our future and we try to define it based on our current capabilities. So if we are capable right now, then I can foresee how the future will come to pass. But God is not calling us on our current capabilities. He is calling us on divine purpose. So divine purpose is greater than human capability. Divine purpose shows you and takes you to a place that your human capabilities could never get you. Because purpose is total reliance on God's promise and God's will. Not on your capability and your intellect. It's on His. And oftentimes we fail in living up to that because we disqualify ourselves. Because you don't think you're able. But the God who created you, who formed you together, who put every piece in your life, knows what you're capable for. Because he formed you to accomplish it. And you might not see it, but trust him because he sees it. He formed you. So don't settle for less. Don't count yourself out. Don't feel that you can't do it. Because God says you can And it doesn't matter who's sitting around you. It doesn't matter what your family says. It doesn't matter what your wife says. It doesn't matter what your husband says. Because we're not defined by the people in our life. We are defined by God. He formed us. He purposed us. He created us. And He gives us destiny. True purpose and vision develops our character. Because... It takes us through the process of purging us from all the qualities that should not be there in greatness. Selfishness, pride, qualities, gossip, all those things can take you to destiny. They hinder you from progressing. So God allows us to go through situations to remove all of the inadequacies in our life. That when we come to greatness, we're ready for it. That's called character. And God builds character into our life through every situation you encounter. You might be in a place where people are talking about you. You might be at a place where you feel that people don't love you. You might be at a job where they don't appreciate you. You might be at a school where people make fun of you. But you're learning how to deal with it through the love of God. So when they turn their back on you, you realize that there's a God who still loves you and you don't need their love to define your life. When you go to your job and they don't appreciate you, you realize that you're at a job because God is taking you through process. So you don't need them to tell you how great you are because God is doing it for you. 
And so you learn not to to rely on people's opinions. You learn to rely on the one who's called you to greatness. And when you come to destiny, when you get to that place, there'll be a number of people that will try to pull you down and talk about you and despise you and tell you all manner of things. But you know that when you got here, they didn't bring you here. It was God who brought you here. So you can speak what you want about me, but I'm defined by my God. He brought me here. So I'm not shaped by what you say. I know my purposes in my life and I'm going to accomplish it regardless of what anyone says. That's what character is. You don't develop that overnight. You have to go through a process. Number two, process produces responsibility. Process produces responsibility. None of us want to be responsible to certain things. But we are responsible to the purpose of God, whether we believe it, receive it, understand it or not. Because God's purpose is paramount over your life. And you need to be responsible to accomplish that purpose. You can look into the Bible repeatedly and you hear this parable that Jesus talked about. And it's a parable of the talents. Most of you know it. Three men were given three different quantities of money. And it's actually called talents. They were given according to their ability. Which means they were responsible for not for each other, but they were responsible to themselves and what the master gave them. Each of them was charged with accomplishing something. So when they came back, when the master left and came back, he brought those three servants before them. And he said, well, I've given you some, I've given you some, and I've given you some. Tell me what you've done with your talents. One of them said, look, you gave me ten. I went out and I got ten more. Here it is. The five said, I went out with five. I got five more. Here it is. The one came and said, well, it's a really precious thing that you gave me, Lord, and I just wanted to honor it. So I didn't want to go out and just throw it anyway. So I hid it and kept it safe for you. And the master said, that's not what I gave it to you for. I gave it to you. You were the understanding. You had an ability to multiply it. That was your responsibility. That was your purpose, and you're responsible to the purpose. And bringing back the thing that God gave you and said, well, I have it, but I just didn't use it. I didn't, you know, multiply it. I didn't use it to accomplish anything, but I still have it. It's great. I appreciate it. And the master said, well, you wicked and slothful servant. Slothful means lazy. It's wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I gave you this responsibility and you knew that I'd come back and ask you to be responsible to this purpose. You had knowledge of this before I gave it to you. And now you come and tell me that you didn't do anything with it. He said, take and give it to the ten and cast him out. That points us to the responsibility of purpose. God has put purpose in your life and you are responsible to accomplish it. He has given you resources. He's planted you in a house of God that is able to teach you and to train you. But how willing are you to submit to his purpose? 
let me remind you that every single one of you has purpose. You are living and breathing because God had purpose for you and that's why he created you. You are not a purposeless creature. You are a purposeful creature. God has given you purpose and you are responsible to that purpose. God places us in jobs and situations that will prepare us for life's work. I can talk about myself because that's my example. That's my training place. Before I came into any form of ministry, God had placed me in a sporting goods store and I learned through that to become a manager and I was a manager managing people. I went through various seminars and teachings and all these things, uh, teaching how to manage people, how to guide people, how to instruct people, long before I came into being a pastor. And when I look back, I realize the training that he took me through was to prepare me for this great destiny. Everything in my life was catered to bring me to destiny. And think about it in that way. Oftentimes we hate our jobs. Oftentimes we despise our jobs. But if you change your perspective just a little bit and realize that God has put you there because he's training you to accomplish your destiny. He's placed you there because he's shaping you and teaching you and molding you. So rather than going and complain every day, oh, I hate my job, I despise my job, I wish you know, I didn't have this job, I want a new job. How about going with the perspective that God is going to teach me something today that's going to equip me for my destiny? How about going in and saying, I appreciate the job because God is shaping me and molding me in this place because when I'm ready, he's going to take me to destiny. You'll get a whole new perspective on your job. You'll get a whole new perspective on life because you realize that no matter what happens in your life, God is instructing you, teaching you, guiding you, shaping you for destiny. And you're not there by accident. God there on purpose. The vision God has called you will come to pass. It will surely come to pass. But until you see it come to pass, you have to live by faith. You have to trust him that he's doing a work in your life. You have to trust him that he's doing something to take you to destiny. You have to trust him that no matter what you see with your natural eyes, he's doing something behind the scenes that is shaping you for greatness. You're not just there by accident. There's over like 7 billion people in the world now? 7 billion people. That's a lot of people. And it's not getting less. It's getting more. And do you think in all those 7 billion people that you're an accident? That you're a coincidence? That you just came along for no purpose? No. God says, look into the Psalm. Psalm 139. Jesus says it repeatedly. The Old Testament testifies it. Every single one of us have been brought into, into this world for a purpose. God is so invested in your life that he knows how many hairs you have on your head. That is amazing. Like, why does he need to know that? Is it, is it change your destiny that he knows how many hairs you have on your head? No, because he loves you so much that he's interested in every single minute detail. And if he's interested in how many hairs you have on your head, don't you think that he's given you destiny and a future and a purpose? He's just so interested in your life. He's consistent in your life. 
And yes, you've gone through some trouble. And yes, you've gone through some pain. And yes, you've gone through some heartache. And yes, sometimes people have tried to take you out of destiny. And yes, sometimes people have removed you from God doing great things in your life. Because you've listened to them. You've shaped your life to them. But I challenge you this morning to get in tune with Him. The one who who birthed you. Who formed you. Because He's the true one that can shape the destiny of your life. That's his purpose. Listen to this. He says this in Habakkuk. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, which means it hasn't arrived yet. It's for an event that's coming in the future. Your vision will always be future-focused and never past-focused. Because your past defined you Your vision takes you to destiny. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, though it takes a little while to come, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not delay or tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright, but the just shall live by faith. Until it comes, you have to live by faith. God is shaping you to destiny. God is shaping you for purpose. And you will be what God called you to be. Not because I said so, but because He said so. And His word will never fail. It will always do what He said it would do. Church, it's time to stand up and be what God has called us to be. It's time to live up to the expectation and realize that God has put purpose in our life and we are responsible to that purpose. We're called to greatness. And we will, by the grace of God, do all things through Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. We encourage you to use what you have heard to live a blessed life. For more resources, messages, and information, please visit our website at transformchurch.org.au. God bless you.